my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Um, I am back from vacation. I'm back from Myrtle Beach. Uh, yeah, your boy had a good time. It, it was a good vacation. It was uh, nice weather. It was, you know, 60 degrees or so, mid-50s. It's, you know, 30 here in beautiful, crappy Toledo, Ohio, so that was a nice break. Did a lot of uh, drinking on the beach. Did a lot of fishing. I uh, didn't catch much. Myrtle Beach isn't uh, very great fishing-wise this time of year, but I caught a, caught a couple fish that I've never caught before. Caught a, a, a black drum. Caught a, a spotted sea trout, so that was fun. I like catching stuff that I've never caught before, so it was good. Ate some good food, hung out with my family and friends, and it was, it was good. It was a good time. And, uh, yeah, if I'm a little low energy today, I'm, I'm wiped out. It's, it's like a 15-hour drive back home, and I'm still recovering and trying to get back into the swing of things, so uh, I, will, I will do my best today. Um, yeah, a lot to get to, as always. I'm obviously going to be talking about the legacy of uh, President George H.W. Bush, who passed away Friday night. Uh, before we get to that, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. Guys, if you haven't checked these guys out yet, you need to. You absolutely need to check out 1776 United. They are the absolute best conservative apparel company. They, there's no one better. They are second to none. All of their designs are super creative. All of their clothing is just the best quality. It all fits great. Um, they have whatever you want for both men and women, any kind of shirt, tank, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, whatever you want they have. Check them out at 1776united.com. Wear your patriotism right on your chest. Say with your chest. Check them out, 1776united.com. Make sure you use the promo code GIMMICKS. Once again, that is the promo code GIMMICKS. They will give you 15% off of your order. I want to say hi to our sponsors also over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and you want to quit or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. I'm chiefing on some right now. It is really great stuff. Uh, they have any kind of mod or battery, anything you need, tanks, coils, uh, any, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. They're very knowledgeable. They can point you in the right direction. If you're in Ohio, they have physical stores in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. Uh, and if you're not, you can check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That's PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Uh, they will also give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. You really can't beat that. And you haven't, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Uh, please give us a five-star rating and a good review if you are on iTunes. I'd really appreciate that. And you can hit us up over on Patreon, Patreon. Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast if you like what you're hearing and you want to get involved with the show. Um, uh, there's cool incentives if you want to do so. So, yeah, hit us up over on Patreon. Uh, you can download the app or, once again, Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Um, Friday night, um, as most of you, uh, of, of course, have, have already heard, Friday night, um, the 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush passed away of natural causes at his home in Houston, Texas. Uh, he was 94 years old. Uh, George Bush had been uh, struggling with his health for a long time. He's been in a wheelchair the last several years. Um, he had Parkinson's disease. Um, and, you know, we, we all kind of saw this this coming, especially with his wife of, of something like, I think they were married 74 years. 
I believe, 74, 75 years, which is incredible. Um, after his wife, uh, Barbara Bush, passed away, uh, I believe, eight or nine months ago, it was kind of, it was looking like uh, the, the former president was going to go at some point soon, and, and he did. He died peacefully, surrounded by friends and family, and he was ready to go. Um, he, he was a devout Christian. Um, George Bush was a, a devout Christian, and he told uh, he told friends and family, including uh, um, uh, former Secretary of State and his close friend and confidant James Baker, uh, he told Baker that you know he was ready. He knew he was going to heaven, and, and he was ready to go. He didn't fear death. He didn't fear the end. And uh, his last words were actually to his oldest son, uh, President George W. Bush, uh, just telling him that he loves him. And that was that was the last the last thing he ever spoke. And you know we we should all be so lucky. Um, to die peacefully at 94, surrounded by loved ones, and and uh, uh, and to know where you're going, you know, when you pass away. So we, we would all, we should all be so lucky as a to have an end uh, like George H. W. Bush. Um, obviously, this man was an American icon. I mean, 94 years—that's that's damn near a decade uh, of history. <laughs> you know, he uh, he he was a, a war hero in World War II. He's the last president that that was a, a combat veteran um hopefully not the last but he you know he was the last living president that was a combat veteran um i think we could use some more um presidents who who fought in combat i think it, it gives them a nice uh uh structure to to life you know they they have a different perspective than people that that haven't served um but he uh he signed up for the navy the day he turned 18 he tried to sign up the day after uh, we were attacked at pearl harbor by the japanese but he was 17 so um the navy told him to come back in a year he did the day he turned 18 he signed up he became uh one of the youngest fighter pilots uh in navy history he flew 58 combat missions over the the pacific fighting the japanese who was actually shot down uh i believe in 1942 and was rescued a couple days later floating in the middle of the ocean by a, a U.S. sub. And, um, yeah, he, I mean, he is a legitimate war hero, a, a legitimate World War II hero. He went on to be a successful businessman, make a whole bunch of money, uh, and then he was elected to Congress. He served three terms as, as a congressman. Uh, he was appointed ambassador to China and then later on ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, and then he was appointed the head of the CIA under, under President Ford. And then in 1980, he ran for president. And uh, that, the 1980 Republican primary was fascinating. Obviously, Ronald Reagan went on to become the Republican nominee and, you know, obviously two-term president. Uh, but he was running against George Bush and Bob Dole, um, which is a, a, a hell of a, a class of, of 1980. I mean, that is a deep roster. Obviously, Reagan won, and he selected uh, George Bush as his running mate, who served as vice president for two terms and was elected president bob dole went on to become senate majority leader and then uh he obviously ran for president in 1996 as well so that's you know thinking about that 1980 class you know that would be as if you know if president trump is reelected for another four years and then mike pence becomes president after that and then say ted cruz becomes uh uh senate majority leader or minority leader and then wins the nomination down the road running for president again something like that you know like all three of those men became extremely uh accomplished in republican politics obviously and uh george bush was elected president uh in 1988 and served uh, one term he was defeated by uh, president bill clinton in 1992 which is kind of dubious because uh, he he would have won Easily, he would have uh, George Bush would have won re-election easily if it wasn't for the third party 
uh, bid of Ross Perot, who took about 20% of the vote, siphon off, siphoning off votes uh, almost exclusively from the Republican Party. It was a real disaster. Uh, Bill Clinton won election with 43% of the popular vote. George H.W. Bush had 37%. Ross Perot had you know, 19%, something like that. So if Ross Perot didn't launch that third-party bid, uh, you know, George Bush would have been a two-term president. We wouldn't have had President Clinton. Um, man, <laughs> looking back on it, damn it, Ross Perot. I mean, that, that's why I'm so nervous about... Uh, you know, third party bids, you know, they sound good sometimes like the Libertarian Party. Yeah, I, I mean, the Libertarian Party probably even reflects my values better than than the Republican Party does right now. But, you know, it, it's almost it's dangerous, right? I don't know, I'm going down a rabbit hole. But uh, but due to Ross Perot's bid that sank uh, George Bush's uh, hopes of being reelected. Um but he, you know, he admitted, like, he, he handled the loss uh, very, very humbly. Um, he was very transparent. He said, you know, I, I wasn't the communicator that Ronald Reagan was, and I wasn't as good a communicator as Bill Clinton, and I couldn't communicate my values and, 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 and my, my, my points to the American public the same way Bill Clinton could, and that's why I lost. He never blamed Ross Perot. He, you know, he didn't have a chip on his shoulder over it. He just moved on and handled it with class. Um, he was definitely a quiet man. He in the mold of of what uh what Teddy Roosevelt said, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. That was that was George H. W. Bush. He spoke softly and carried a big stick. Stick. So his presidency was fairly successful. Like he was a pretty good president. And a lot of people are really ripping his presidency apart. the 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 biggest flaw in his presidency, obviously, was one of the biggest. Uh, disappointments in terms of a campaign promise being broken obviously we all know the line that he was ridiculed for the rest of his life rightfully so the read my lips no new taxes right that he said on the campaign trail in 1988 two years later he raised taxes obviously that's bad um (laughs) that was that was a real doozy in terms of breaking a campaign promise you know in modern day terms that would be you know let's say trump does not get any portion of the wall built he doesn't get one single mile of the wall in the southern border built. <clears throat> that would be about as big of of a uh, a broken promise than uh, read my lips, no new taxes. But look, George Bush presided over the end of the Soviet Union, the breakup of the Soviet Union, the fall of communism, and uh, and the the reuniting of East and West Germany. Um, obviously, rightfully so, Ronald Reagan takes most of the credit, deserves most of the credit for the fall of communism. But it actually happened under the watch of George H.W. Bush. And if a lesser man or woman were in that office, maybe it wouldn't have worked out as well as it did. Um, George Bush was a master diplomat. He had a, a wealth of diplomatic experience, especially as U.N. ambassador. And he understood how to treat um, these hostile foreign actors. He knew how to treat Mikhail Gorbachev, the you know dictator of, of the Soviet Union, he knew not to embarrass them. The Russians are very proud people, and they were watching their kingdom fall. They were watching their empire fall around them. George Bush handled Gorbachev and the Russians with grace and with respect. He didn't humiliate the Russians. He didn't humiliate Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, he gave them space and time to, to handle their business the way they saw fit. He didn't go in and say, okay, free and fair elections in Poland and, and East Germany and, and all these countries right now, you know. Get, you know, no more communism. Get them all out of there. Get your people out of there. These people hoarding elections. He he wasn't so bullish 
on the fall of the Soviet Union. He gave them time and space, and he treated them with respect, and Eastern Europe was liberated because of that. I mean, if he was more aggressive, let's say Bob Dole, and maybe you guys don't remember Bob Dole's speeches or anything from when he ran for president in 1980 or his speeches all throughout the 80s when he would criticize Reagan, who was an anti-communist, of not being anti-communist enough. Let's say... Ronald Reagan selected Bob Dole as his running mate, and, and Dole was VP and elected president in 88. Bob Dole was, he was a good man and a, a good leader, but he was so hawkish on the Soviet Union. He was so hawkish and aggressive on Russia. He may have been too aggressive if he were president, you know, during the, the fall of the Soviet Union. He may have put too much pressure on Gorbachev, and Gorbachev, who was a very proud man, or is a very, he's, he's still alive, he is a very proud man, maybe would have pushed back and tried to hang on to his control over Eastern Europe more than he did. And that could have been catastrophic. Like, that could have set us back another 10 years, or not us, but set the, the people in all these Eastern European countries back 10 years, you know. But George Bush knew how to handle these people. He knew how to treat them with respect, give them the grace, and and the respect that they they deserved or at least thought that they deserved and that helped the transition from communism into you know capitalism in eastern europe a lot smoother and easier if he did nothing else well in his entire presidency which he did other things well also but if that was all he did was preside over the fall of the soviet union the reunification of germany he would still go down in history as a good president you have to acknowledge that this man was a good president you absolutely have to uh, a lesser man. He was a man for the moment. He was a man of the moment. He was there for a reason, I believe. Uh, and he did a good job in handling the fall of the Soviet Union. If he did nothing else well, he would still go down in history as a good president. Not great. Was he a great president? Probably not. He wasn't Jefferson, Washington, Coolidge, or even Reagan. But he was very good. He was. He's definitely in the upper half of United States presidents, if you were to rank them you know, 1 through 45, he would be in the top, you know, 10 or 15, certainly. So, you know, we, we all owe George H.W. Bush uh, a, a debt of gratitude for his handling of geopolitics in the late 80s and, and early 90s. And uh, anybody who would tell you otherwise is is an idiot or a liar or both. And that's where we need to. <laughs> so <laughs> on that note, we need to talk about our friends in the mainstream media. And you guys know, and you guys have probably been a little annoyed, a lot of you guys who are just hardcore Trump train guys, and I know that's probably the majority of the listeners to this podcast. So you're probably annoyed with me when I've repeatedly blasted Trump for using the term, the media is the enemy of the people. I think that's taking a little bit too far. I didn't like the language. I'm done criticizing Trump for saying that. I hope he says it again today. I hope he's on Twitter saying the media is the enemy of the people right now as I record this podcast. I hope I opened up my phone in 20 minutes and see him blasting the media and calling them the enemy of the people again because, for goodness sakes, maybe there's a better way to put it, a more diplomatic, presidential way to phrase that. But these people are the enemy of the American people. They are. How the media has handled the death of George H.W. Bush has been absolutely Shameful. I want to read a couple headlines. Here's, well, here, here's This is pretty straightforward, not even hiding the ball here. This was published a day after the death of uh, Bush 41. This is the headline from New York Magazine. Quote, the case against George H.W. Bush. Unquote. Wow. 
The body's still warm, ladies and gentlemen. The man's been dead for hours. Here's from The Atlantic, quote, George H.W. Bush may have been a man of class and grace, but good manners are hardly the same as moral courage. You're implying that George H.W. Bush doesn't have moral courage? Like the moral courage to sign up for the Navy on your 18th birthday, 18th birthday to go fight the Japanese? You're a kid, man. He just graduated high school. The day he turned 18, he signed up and shipped off the war. Was shot down over the Pacific. Flew 58 combat missions. You mean that kind of moral courage? Go fuck yourself, the Atlantic. I mean, this is just a joke. And here's a couple... I'm just going to read these tweets, both from the Associated Press, which I'm old enough to remember when the AP was kind of just like the basic unbiased news source that all the other news sources got their information from because they have the best journalists on the ground and they're very up-to-date and stuff like that. Even AP and and Reuters and and people like that who are not supposed to even employ opinion journalists. I mean, they're just as hackish as, as the rest of them. This is the tweet, the first tweet posted from the Associated Press after the death of George Bush. George H.W. quote, George H.W. Bush, a patrician New Englander whose presidency soared with a coalition victory over Iraq and Kuwait, but then plummeted in the throes of a weak economy that led voters to turn him out of office after a single term, has died. He was 94. Wow. Now, let's compare that to, this is a tweet from, the first tweet from, after a communist, murderous dictator, Fidel Castro died last year. Quote, AP reporters remember former Cuban leader and revolutionary icon, Fidel Castro. And it goes on to just have all these glowing op-eds, essentially, about a communist, murderous, evil, genocidal dictator. You praise communism and you shame duly elected president of the United States who is a World War II hero minutes after he passes away. Praise the communist dictator. Shame the United States war hero president. What do you do? If you're not the, if these people are not the enemy of the American people, that's literate. That's the definition. If you, if you praise communism and you attack United States war heroes, what the, what are you? What are, if you're not the enemy of the people, then what else are we, what is president Trump supposed to say? I mean, that's the definite, if you praise communism and you attack American war heroes, combat veterans, you're the enemy of the American people. I, I don't, of, of, but of course, but of course you're the enemy of the people. If you're a communist who hates war heroes, you're an enemy of the United States. What, what else are we supposed to call you at that point, at that juncture? What are we supposed to call you? These people are godless. These people are shameless. These people are evil hacks who are the enemy of the American people. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll calm down in the next few days and, and retract this. I don't know. Probably not, though. These people are just the worst. And the opinion pages of, of places like the New York Times, you know, the, the failing New York Times, as, as President Trump calls them in the Washington Post and the L.A. Times and others, they basically had two themes uh, in writing opinion pieces on the death of George H.W. Bush. And the two themes were... One, we like George Bush now because he's dead. <laughs> that was basically what they say. Oh, isn't George Bush great? He was so nice. He's so much better than Trump. We like Bush. Why isn't Trump more like Bush? We would definitely like Bush as president. No, you hated George H.W. Bush. These people spent four years trying to destroy the man. 
So now they're going to use his death just to try to attack President Trump? These godless, they're godless animals, these people. And by the way, they the left only likes dead Republicans. They do not like us when we're alive. <laughs> they're, they're, like, they hated John McCain when he was alive. As soon as he's dead, oh, he's a hero. They hated George H.W. Bush. They called him Hitler. They called him a Nazi. They, call, they called him all the same things they call President Trump. As soon as he's dead, oh, isn't he great? Oh, he's so much better than Trump. These people hate us. If you're listening to this podcast, the press hates you. <laughs> like, they'll like you when you're dead, but they will not like you when you're alive. And then the other theme was, like, those headlines that I just read that, you know, sometimes they didn't even pretend to like George Bush. They would just attack him and, and call him evil and stuff. You know, the the New York Magazine quote the, the case against George H.W. Bush. It's like, they're not even hiding the ball. Some of them weren't even hiding the ball. They're just admitting that they hate Bush and, and you know, he's evil and, and so forth. You know, it, it makes me think, too, like, President Trump is 72 years old. Hopefully he lives a, a very long, healthy, happy life with his family and stuff but you know he'll die at some point soon 10 years 20 years from now 25 years max you know um i don't even think the press is gonna pretend to like him when he dies i don't even think they're gonna like pretend to uh be respectful when president trump dies they'll probably just go straight evil enemy of the people you know they won't even hide the ball you know it'll be very interesting to see also um when when george w bush passes away you know, God forbid, he's, you know, in his 70s, but, you know, hopefully he's around for a while. But, you know, just uh, the, all the, the war, you know, calling him a, a war criminal and a warmonger and, you know, how 60% of the Democrats uh, during Bush's administration believed that he had something to do with 9-11. Literally, 60% of Democrats believe that George Bush had something to do with 9-11. Okay. I mean, like, I wonder what they're going to say. I wonder if they're going to bring that stuff back up or if they'll... You know, whoever the new president, Republican president is, Ted Cruz or Mike Lee or Rand Paul, maybe they'll just say, oh, w- isn't George W. Bush great? Yeah, you know, the the wars and uh, everything else, the Patriot Act. But, oh, he's so much better than Rand Paul. Oh, I wish George W. Bush was president. They're already starting to do a little bit of that with, with George W. Bush and President Trump, like trying to, you know, say, oh, you know, he wasn't nearly as bad as Trump. Fuck off, you people. Like <laughs> Oh my gosh, like these people are so shameless. These people hate you. They hate the Republican Party. They will only be happy when we're all dead. It was it's it was an absolute absolutely shameful display from the mainstream media. And I flipped through the channels yesterday morning, Sunday morning. I I, I tried to sit through, I tried to stomach a little bit of a face the nation and meet the press and these shows and you know, they had all these politicians on. They had you know, well, anti-Trump Republicans and then Democrats on, and they would they could not help themselves. I mean, they would try to be nice regarding George H. W. Bush, and they'd they'd have people tell stories. Oh, what what do you remember fondly about about uh, Bush forty one? And but they would end every single interview with, you know, somebody like him. He was all class. Like you know, he was a totally different brand of republicanism like he obviously the republican republican party is classless now and they'd all agree oh yeah yeah you know the the republican party was great with bush but yeah trump is trump is a bad guy orange man bad orange man bad i mean that's how they ended every single interview on all these mainstream outlets and it's like i remember how you treated george w bush i was too young to remember in real time how they treated george hw bush but you know i've seen the interviews i've seen the talking points from the late 80s early early 90s 
they were vicious. They said the exact same shit about George Herbert Walker Bush as they did about President Trump. And now they just, these people are hacks. These people are hacks. As now as it stands, I take back what I said, blasting Trump's comments. I now agree with the, the current president that the mainstream media is the enemy of the American people. I really don't know what else to say when you praise Fidel Castro and blast George H.W. Bush. I, I don't, I mean, I have problems with the administration of George H.W. Bush. But if you praise a communist, a murderous, genocidal, communist maniac, and blast a good man, a good and decent man who is a war hero and United States president, you are the enemy of the American people. I will be back on Wednesday. That's all That's all I got. Sorry, I was a little scatterbrained today. I'm still in vacation mode. I'm trying to pull it together, and I will do a longer episode on Wednesday. I promise. That's all I got. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>